Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. for joining us for another episode. Tis I, Christina Stathopoulos, here with my better half, Mary. And this week, I have the honors of introducing Mary to yet another series that made her cry. I feel like we could run a tally at this point. Should we do that here real quick? I know we've got Violet Evergarden on the list. I don't think Yuri on Ice made her cry, but I know it was, you know, it hit the feels and all the goods. And now we have none other than a place further than the universe. So this, I want to call it a slice of life anime, but slightly more adventurous. This short series, it came out in 2018. It blew a lot of people's minds. It's short, but sweet, visually stunning, amazing storytelling. And, you know, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you do. It's short. You can get through it really quickly. Um, But it's essentially the heart of four high school girls that will go on a trip to the Antarctic, uh, if you wanted to sum it up. So we've got four main protagonists. Uh, We get to really see both the physical journey that they're all taking to reach Antarctica, as well as the personal and at times transformational journeys that they're taking on inside of themselves to make this voyage possible. Anything you'd like to add, Mary? Oh, the feels. You know, I was doing really well with this one, Christina, until I got to like the middle towards the end, especially like the last two episodes. And I was just like, oh, feelings. I have them. Oh, no, this is terrible. But also not. Yes. Well, not only is it possible to cry over anime, today's episode is all about possibility in general. Woo-hoo! Um, And more specifically, You know, I think what's really great about the characters of a place further than the universe and the way that their personalities are complementary and contrasting rather than one and the same is they lend themselves to having a really great conversation around what has us seek possibility. And then once we desire it, whether it's because we don't feel fulfilled in our lives or because we want to be different or because we've experienced a loss or a major breakdown in our lives, how we then go about staying present to possibility, staying present to the new thing that we could be going out and creating, kind of like going to freaking Antarctica with all the penguins. It was really cool to see how the idea first came into being. Like you start out with the one of the girls, Kimari, and you see that she has a desire for something more for herself. Like she's like, I don't want to see my youth slip away, which is awesome because she's like 15 or 16 and she's already thinking, hey, I want to make the most of my life and I want to live as much as I can live and see as much as I can. And then she meets this other girl who has a dream of going to Antarctica and she's like, oh, 
I want some of that. And that kind of sparks this possibility of an adventure. And it started out as just an idea, a desire. Then you see it transform into something really real and magical. And that really brings others along for the journey too. Yeah, and I want to start there in terms of like, how do we actually stay in possibility by looking at Kamari a little bit? Because here's the thing, 16-year-old judges herself for having a really boring and mundane life. But what we see pretty early on is that she's got a, a delightful habit of catastrophic thinking, of letting herself get anxious, of allowing herself to talk herself out of things. Like she's actually the perfect early stage coaching client because you see how she wants to try new things. And then as soon as those new things become uncomfortable for her, she backs off of them. She's like, never mind, just kidding. <laughs> Going back to the mundane. And so in this very first episode, as you have Kamari reflecting on how boring she thinks she is, she finds, what is it, a million yen? She finds a lot of money. <laughs> she finds a lot of money in an envelope. And you would think, oh, and this is it. And this is how her life changes. But as a matter of fact, she's such a loyal, honest person that she goes out to find who this money belongs to. And I think this is the first moment where you see how part of what can keep us present to possibility is by surrounding ourselves with people that believe in possibility because when she's introduced to in fact the proper owner and hard-working earner of this money uh Shiraz, it fundamentally changes where Kamari gets to go from there because you have her who's tentative unsure wants adventure but doesn't know how to seek it and is too scared to. And you have Shiraz, who's so passionate about making her possibility happen that it comes with its own detriments that we could get into in a little bit. You know, Christina, you bring up such an excellent point in like, because what we notice about this, this, this storyline is that when you have a big dream, it's important to have people who are going to be in the dream with you. Because what's also true about Kamari is that her best friend has this kind of attitude where she's like, oh, what are you doing that for? Oh, that's not going to work. And it's it's like such a thing when we're like going after a big dream that the people around us may not actually be supportive of that because they may not get it. And that's why it's even more important to surround yourself with the people who do and who are going to keep that dream going. Because if Kamari had listened to her bestie, like her OG bestie, she may have not continued along with the journey. And so it's actually an opportunity to kind of recreate those older relationships to meet you where you are now. And that was something that I got, you know, from this conversation is just like, yeah, Shiraza was definitely vital to her continuing and to her dreaming. But it's also important to see how your other relationships are also affecting you. Yeah, fuck Megumi. Sorry, that's my honest opinion. You know, um, not to belabor the point with her, but Megumi, Kamari's, you know, old childhood best friend, you go on to see that she's so jealous of the possibility that Kamari creates for herself, that she creates tons of awful rumors about it to try and deter her from going. Um, so if surrounding ourselves with people that do believe in possibility and do believe in our possibility is what 
allows us to move forward, then surrounding us with haters and naysayers, not healthy for the possibility diet. Um, but looking at Shirasi then a little bit more, you know, here's a character where we've talked about grit a lot and passion a lot through our various Coach Taku episodes. And she's as gritty as they get. Like, Shirasi is on a freaking mission to make it to Antarctica because that is the last place that anyone saw her mother, who is a researcher, about three years prior. And you would think that her level of motivation and determination, like even the fact that she raised this million on her own through part-time jobs while she is a high schooler, this must be in the bag for her. Like she sees it, she believes in it, she envisions it. And while vision is a super crucial part of being able to stay in possibility, her weakness or her Achilles heel is sometimes she collapses her passion with her emotions. And time and time again in the series, we see her have like almost violent outbursts of anger, of resentment, of freak out. And it um, really backfires how she tries to manage different relationships to move this dream of hers forward. It's so funny because um, Shirasa has so much power and she's super determined to reach this goal. And you can see that, but she shows up in this really funny way sometimes where she she's like, oh, but I don't want to do it first. And there's this kind of timidity that kind of keeps her back. And so I know that we we speak about this all the time. That's when, you know, her friends come into play because they're like, we're going to push you to do this anyway. And you're just going to go. And, you know, if you fall, you fall, but we'll be here to catch you. And it's so fun to watch her journey because whereas first you see this, yeah, I have this brilliant idea, but I'm a little bit scared of going after it. By the end of the series, you see a Shirazi who's like so empowered and so um, confident in herself and her abilities and the ability that she has to be resourceful and to go out into the world and create something. Yeah. Um, so let's boil it down so far. First of all, in order to stay in the world of possibility, you need to have a yearning that's deep enough to have you go for it. So that's really what Sharasa brings. She brings that passion, that yearning, that belief that her mom is still out there that has her willing to bring the grit to do what it takes to get there. And Mary's already dropping, spoiler alert, Mary's already dropping the teary emojis because <laughs> we, we could talk about that. Um, and the other thing you need is to learn how to surround yourself with people that support the possibility that you want in your life which is really Kamari's strength is she has this ability to build really loyal, deep and meaningful relationships. And then there comes a question of like, okay, but you also need resources. And I feel like that that's where uh, Yuzuki comes in because Yuzuki is actually the missing link to finally get these girls on track to actually getting on a boat or a flight or whatever it takes to make this journey possible. Because she herself is an idol, she's an actress, she does all this publicity. And so she actually gets an opportunity to travel to Antarctica for a gig. 
So she represents having the resources to make the dream possible. What's hysterical and sad at the same time about Yuzuki though, is because of her world in this industry, um, she's kind of the perfect foil to Kamari because she has no idea how to make a healthy, lasting, loyal relationship at all whatsoever. As a matter of fact, she seems to think that everything is intended to be transactional. Like one of my favorite moments <laughs> in the entire series is the other girls have a conversation around how they've become best friends. And uh, Yuzuki is like devastated. She feels so betrayed. She is heartbroken. She is pissed off. And the other girls are like, what's going on? She goes, I can't believe you all formally signed an agreement to be best friends without me. <laughs> like, like she so barely understood the concept of it that like literally she thinks there needs to be a written agreement that people sign to bind themselves to each other as best friends. She's probably one of my favorites, Christian, just because of her, that she has, like, her superpowers, that she has so much intuition and so much light, like, not only because of her resources, but just she, she has this intuitive knowing of when she should step in. So because I think of her lack of trying to impress others because she's never had to do it or to be a certain way she just shows up authentically as herself and so there are two scenes when you know Hinata who we're talking about in a minute lost her passport and um here comes Yusuke and she's like hey what are you hiding and she just says it so plainly and so clearly and you're like oh yeah there's something off here and she's able to do that time and time again. And I think the for her, the possibility was kind of not even present for her because she's like, I don't want to go to Antarctica. If I go to Antarctica, that means I'll be missing out of high school, which means I won't be able to make friends. And so her her mind was somewhere else. She thought that making friends meant that she had to stay where she was. And here come in these group of girls and they seamlessly kind of come into her life creating something totally different and new and sometimes that's how possibility happens is you just have to be open to the experience of it and accept it once it comes in and then go with the flow and see what happens yeah and you know I think before we go on to chat about Hinata as well like I want to bring it to that point you just mean Mary because something that I think is really wonderful about this series is you see how these girls' dreams complement each other. And you also see how these girls' dreams inspire each other and actually change each other for the better in a lot of ways. Because Yuzuki didn't come in really understanding loyalty or going with the flow. These are qualities that she picked up from Kamari and from Shirase. And likewise, you know, I think Kamari even says herself at one point that it's being with the rest of these girls that has some of their diligence and their reliability rub off on her. Like it's actually being with these people that are courageous and up to big things that challenge uh, Kamari herself to be more adventurous and bold and willing to sit with what's uncomfortable. Yes, and this brings us to our last but not least character in the series, and that's Hinata. And I think what I love about Hinata is that she's she's so down to earth. 
I think she's the oldest of the four. And you can really see that what she's yearning for is connection. Like we see that she doesn't really have a big support group and that she's trying to, like Kamari, she's also trying to make the best of her life and of her youth while she has it. And so I think what her what holds her back from possibility is not being to trust, not being able to trust others. And that's for a good reason, because, you know, there was some spoiler alert. There was some betrayal for her in the past that she experienced when she was in high school and with her group of friends. And so here, um, the opportunity kind of drops in her lap when kind of was kind of serendipitous like all things were aligned <laughs> you know like um Kamari's looking for a job she ends up working at the same place that Hinata was working Hinata had overheard a conversation they were having she's like hey I want a part of that if you're gonna do this big thing I think I want a part of that and enjoy my youth and so you see the possibility start to build from there for her and it's pretty cool to watch her story because that was one of the moments that really was heart-wrenching to me was when Shirazi kind of stepped up for her, uh, you, you know, the scene I'm talking about, Christina. And Shirazi was like, I'm going to defend you. If you're not going to say anything about your feelings and how you feel about being betrayed, I am. And that was the moment I think that Hinata really got that these group of girls really had her back. Yeah, and you know, I think something else to just note about Hinata is as they're going on this adventure, again, as a reminder, the three fr- the three other girls get to go because Yuzuki agrees to this. I don't even remember if it's a sponsorship or a film deal or like, I don't know why she's going to Antarctica, but she's the star and she goes as long as her three friends come with her. And Hinata tends to be the one who agrees to operate the camera to capture and keep track of the adventure. And it's kind of a perfect role for her to demonstrate how she desires connection, but she's not actually connected. Because in a lot of ways, that's what a camera operator is. Like, yeah, you're present to the adventure going on. You're present to the relationships around you. But you're also distinctly separate from them because you're capturing them on film rather than participating in them. And so uh, I also really felt when Shirase was like, Feel your feelings, you know, have your resentments, acknowledge that what happened was wrong and that you hated it because it finally put Hinata in, not literally, but in front of the camera in a way, like actually participating in this experience that they were in together rather than just observing it and capturing it for all of them. Yeah. And Christina, I don't know, but when I think about where I was when I was 15 or 16, Going to Antarctica was not even something, was not in my radar, (laughs) not one of those things that I was thinking about doing. And so I think one of the brilliant things that these group of girls do is that they have a dream that's so big and that's so outside of the box and that they actually go for it and create it. And I think that when looking at our lives and ourselves, it's like, well, what is that big dream that we're not even thinking or considering because we're like, oh, that's not possible. Because that's where actually I think that we kind of sell ourselves short sometimes. Yeah. And not only do we sell ourselves short, but I think we take, you know, um, Marianne Williamson has this great poem that I'm going to butcher and paraphrase from for a second. But, you know, 
she talks about how most of us ask ourselves, like, who am I to be great? When really the question is, well, who are you not to be? And I think so many of us look at our dreams and go, that's too big, or who am I to be worthy of a dream like that? And then we go, oh, well, we didn't work hard enough, and we didn't deserve it, and people are going to judge us for it, and blah, 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 blah. But um, something else that's really beautiful about this series is you get to see how them fulfilling on taking this adventure actually inspires the people around them. Specifically for um, Kamari, you see how Mugumi actually goes on to travel the Arctic herself and also get to see the Aurora Borealis. And I think it's a really a really powerful lesson for us because we're so quick to think that we have to be precious with our experiences in life or precious with our dreams because people will doubt them or get jealous of them or tear us down for it. But in actuality, I've always believed that if you're living a life that is joy-filled and amazing, then it actually just calls other people forward to go and find the thing that is joy-filled and amazing for them. Yeah. Like joy is contagious, you know, feelings, emotions are contagious. So and talking of feelings and emotions, can I just, okay, Christina, can I just have a moment to talk about that episode in which, this is a spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, this was like towards the end, probably like episode 12, when Shiraz opens the laptop, okay, her mom had been missing for three years, and it was assumed that she died in Antarctica and was never found, but the, what I think, and here's the and here's the conversation about possibility again, because Shiraza had given up finding any kind of sign of life from her mom. And here the girls are and say, you know what? We made it all this way. We walked all the way over here. We're going to find something. There must be something. And you see Shiraza kind of like, no, and she's given up. But her friends check the bunker and find a laptop that belonged to her mom. And when they open it, there are like a thousand emails to her from mom that she'd written. And that was the moment. And then you see her, of course, like she starts to break down. But then outside the door, her three friends are also breaking down. And I was like, oh, this scene, though, has all the feels for me. Yeah, it's um, it actually reminds me quite a bit. Uh, one of our earliest episodes on Coach Taku was we covered Violet Evergarden. And like I mentioned, that's another series I got Mary to watch that made her cry. But um, there's an episode in Violet Evergarden that also focuses on the relationship between a mother and her daughter and the, the meaning and messages that we do or don't get to leave the people we love. And like that, that scene just fucks you up real good. Yeah. So I think we've talked about possibility in really a lot of different ways. And I think the question is that we'd want to leave you as where is there possibility or where are you stopping yourself from possibility? And it, as always, that if that's a conversation you want more support on, then please let us know. We're here to have that conversation with you. It's probably one of the most fun that we have. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going back to it as a place to start, if you do feel stuck in seeing it for yourself, notice, are you creating a vision? Are you surrounding yourself with relationships that will lift you up? Are you finding the resources to make it all happen? And, you know, last but certainly not least, is there an Aurora Borealis at the end of it that you get to experience? (laughs) 
And so with that, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Coach Taku. It means the world to us. If you liked it, we would really, 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 really appreciate if you could leave us a review on either iTunes or Stitcher. It does help us get promoted so that other people can join in on the fun. Well, next time, everyone, have a good weekend. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for watching this episode of Coach Taku. For subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Taku Pod, D-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host? In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at Roar on Instagram, and you can follow Mary at Mary, M-E-R-Y, dot, the nerdy coach. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.